0: Glory! Father, we approach Your Word with the same reverence and excitement as we have in the other portions of this service and how You've moved up to now. It is the Word that sets us free. It is the Word that tells us who we are, and what we have, and what we can do because we're in Christ. It is a covenant. It is a promise. It is an outline, it is, it is a command. Help me, Father, help me, help me, help me to help them. Help me to speak, as it were, the very oracles of God. Help me to speak concisely, time is short. Help me, Father, to get your point, your heart, and your mind across. And Father, help them to receive the Word as it is, not the Word of man, not the Word of a preacher, but as it is in truth the Word of the living God. As they do it, Father, we know they'll be set free. and We thank you for all that you're doing. Again, in Jesus' name, amen. I'd like you for time's sake to turn to the book of Matthew chapter 12. I think I said John. I'm going to quote to you from John our uh, key text that we've been in this month. And if you're brand new uh, to us, in the beginning of October, I had it in my heart. Uh, to do a, a teaching series, a ministry series that we've been calling The Dark Side. <laughs> and of course, that's a play on Star Wars. And, uh, if you've watched the Star Wars movie, you know that one of the key figures, uh, is a, was a young guy named Anakin. And Anakin was the chosen one. Right? And, uh, you know, every human being in the mind of God is a chosen one. We're created in His image and He made us and He loves us and is, Brother Jerry said, we, he has a great plan for our life. And, uh, but Anakin was influenced and he began to entertain wrong thoughts. If you remember the movie, he was motivated by the fear of losing his wife, Pat May. And he was going to do anything he could to stop death from happening to her. And when offered a lie from the dark side of the force, that they, they could turn that around, he yielded himself, mm-hmm. and he was turned into something God did, or the, that he shouldn't have got into, right? He, right. you know, Yoda didn't want him to be, you know, all that. I'm not preaching Star Wars to you today, okay? It's an analogy. Uh, amen. But uh, anyway, it just as an analogy, there was a good side and a bad side to that invisible force. And by yielding to the wrong side of that, it it twisted him, and it robbed him, and it cost him. We have seen in this series that uh, what we experience in this natural, three-dimensional world is not all there is. Uh, We know that's not true. Now, if you struggle believing in things you can't see, let me ask you, do you have a brain? Do you have a brain? Are you sure? Have you seen it? Okay, so you believe in things you can't see. You believe in gravity, right? Can't see gravity. I believe in air. I can't see air. And so the Bible teaches in many places, Colossians 1 is a great one, we're not going there, We've, we've taught you this already in the series, that God created all things through His Son Jesus by the power of the Holy Ghost, all things visible and invisible. Isn't that interesting? There are created things that are visible and there are created things that are invisible. Amen? You have an angel assigned to your life and he, his natural habitat is in that unseen realm. And he could appear in this natural realm. He, they have that ability, but they most often don't. Amen? I, I believe in, I, I've, I've experienced the delivering power of God through my angel in my life. Uh, Protected me in many instances, but I'm thinking about a a four rollover accident without a seat belt. And I felt an invisible hand push me back uh, into the seat. Well, it was my angel there uh, protecting me in that moment. And uh, so the Bible says that in the invisible realm are created beings, principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. There is the good. God lives in that realm. Your angels, like I said, live in that realm. Jesus exists in that realm. Come on. Amen. But there is a dark side to this invisible spirit realm. Amen. And on the dark side, that kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, the Bible calls uh, Satan's kingdom the kingdom of darkness. Amen. He rules over that kingdom and he has subjects. Every king has subjects. Amen. And so the angels that rebelled in the original rebellion with Lucifer, they are part Uh, they are under the command of Lucifer still today. They're fallen beings. Amen? And then there are disembodied spirits the Bible calls devils in the King James. Now, you understand there's only one devil and many demons. The Greek word there would be better translated demons or demonic creatures. Amen? And, uh, you know, they exist in that realm. And they want to express themselves and bear influence... And rule and reign, really, in this realm. Now, oh, thank God, Jesus came and He made a way through His death, burial, and resurrection for all of us who were subject to the kingdom of darkness, and we all were through sin. Adam sold us all out to the devil in the garden all those years ago, and the Bible says that Satan is the God, little g, of this world. And that is why, young people, that is why, if you don't know, that is why there's heartbreak in the earth. That is why there's corruption in the earth. That is why there's murder and death and racism and hatred and injustice and war and famine and earthquakes and tornadoes. These are not acts of God. This is a planet under a curse ruled by a dark lord the Bible calls the devil. Now, Jesus came and vanquished him. Jesus came and defeated him. Jesus came and succeeded where Adam failed. And He took the keys of death and hell in the grave. Amen. And He ascended to the Father's right hand after His resurrection. And He said, I am the door. The door. Well, a door is a way out and the door is a way in. And if you want out, If you want out of that dark kingdom, if you want out from underneath the enslavement of the devil, who John 10, 10, that's our key text, says he only comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have that life more abundantly. Amen? Amen. And so Jesus said, I'm the door. I'm the door. If you want to escape the curse of sickness, death, eternal death, judgment for your sin, Satan be able to harm you at His women will, then you have to come through the door. There's only one way out. And that is to come through the door of Jesus. How do I do that? You give your life to Him. You surrender your life to the One who purchased all for you. Muhammad didn't do this. He never claimed to. Buddha didn't do it. Never claimed to. There's no religious system. There's no natural system. There is nothing, no one, except what Jesus did. Amen. And He suffered uh, in your place and mine. He paid the price I owed. And now because of His blood and His sacrifice, I can be justified before God. I can be born again. God can legally move right into my life by the Holy Ghost and make me a child of God. God has given us the right to be called sons and daughters of God. Amen. Hallelujah. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Not just save from their sin, but save from that dude, that dark Lord, and his ability to just dominate us at his whim. Amen. Praise God. But as we get into today's material, look at the clock here. Oh help me. Uh, praise God. Uh, we know from what the Bible says that Jesus did defeat the devil. And in Luke 10, quoting another scripture, around verse 19, it says, I, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw the day he fell. He fell like lightning. Behold, I have beheld Satan falling like lightning. And he said, behold, I give unto you. I give unto you authority. I give unto you dominion. The ability to, to tread and to trample on the devil. So that nothing by any means... Can hurt you. Amen. So he is defeated and we've been given dominion in Jesus' name. Over the devil, all demons, evil spirits, everything that would try to hurt us in this life from that realm. But, I'm going to go back to what Brother Jerry said, we have a part to play. You have to understand he's defeated the devil, demons, evil spirits, but they're loose. They're still loose and they're still ruling over those who are unsaved. And they will attempt to dominate Christians if they will, if Christians don't know it, if Christians yield to them. The title of my message today is Haunted House. You know, that's the message God gave me. He said, tell them the title is Haunted House. And in Matthew 12, is that where you are? Look with me at verse 43. This is an instance where Jesus is telling us uh, how, What happens to an unclean or to a demonic spirit after it leaves a man? And so in verse 43 of Matthew 12, we read this. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. Then he saith. Notice these are personalities. He saith, the unclean spirit says, I will return into my house, from whence I came out. And when he has come, he finds it empty, swept and garnished. Then goeth he, the evil spirit, and takes with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in, where? Into the man, the house. And dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. That's an interesting passage of scripture, isn't it? And so the devil wants to haunt your house. And you are the house he wants to haunt. More specifically, your body and soul. When you're born again, if you ask me, uh, can a Christian be possessed in his spirit of the devil? No. Because the Holy Ghost is in your spirit. And he's not shacking up with the devil. So, oh, thank God if you're born again. If you're born again, amen, uh, you cannot be taken over and possessed in your spirit, amen, by a demonic power. Amen. But you still have two parts of your being. You still have a soul, and you have a body. And the Bible calls your body the house of your spirit. And some people, Christians even, it's sad, live haunted lives. Now, when I heard that last night, haunted house, I went to the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, And I looked up the word haunted. I couldn't give you a definition. I've been to a haunted house before, you know, in my B.C. days. But I didn't know, you know, I knew it had to do with, you know, whatever, Halloween, whatever. And so this is how this man of God, Noah Webster, defined the word haunted. It says the word haunted, he said, means to be troubled by frequent visits. To be troubled by frequent visits. And so the devil wants to come and trouble you. And really more than visit, he would love to those demons would love to catch their mail in your house. We see here that for we, we don't have the specific instance, but this spirit got expelled out of a out of the person. And so when the spirit left the person, notice in that realm he walked about. He's not dead. The demon, the evil spirit didn't go to hell. It wasn't bound up in a chain and couldn't do anything. It's, it's a disembodied spirit. But it wants influence in the natural realm. Because this is where it's all happening. On the earth. is in this natural realm. And could you guys maybe turn the cool up on this one for me? Just make it a little warmer. Appreciate it. And so, um, they want expression in this realm. And since we have houses, they're going to come and... Try to haunt your house and trouble you with frequent visits. I'll just quote this to you to prove this to you that your body is called the house, uh, your house. 2 Corinthians 5 1 says, For we know that our earth, if our earthly house, this tabernacle, talking about the body, were dissolved or destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Amen. This body, this body is the house of my spirit and my eternal soul. Amen. We know in that passage you're looking at in Matthew, the Spirit left and He said, I will return, I'm going to go back. I got expelled for whatever reason, but I want to see if I can get back in. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Let me tell you something. When you get delivered, when you get set free, you better do some things. You better change some things. You better not leave that empty space vacant. You better fill that house with God. Amen. Because notice, the Spirit, when He came back to the house He once dwelt in, it says He found it empty. God did not intend you to live your life empty. Now it's a good thing if you've emptied yourself of evil, emptied yourself of the wrong, but now you cannot stay empty. You've got to now fill yourself with God. You've got to occupy... Your mind, your soul, your will, your emotions—you've got to rule over your body. Because if that that evil spirit, let's say you were uh, you had a lying spirit, and you got delivered, and and then but you never you never got plugged into a church, you never did anything about developing your spiritual life. Uh, You neglected the word. You neglected your fellowship with God. That lying spirit's going to come back, and if it finds you empty unguarded, you know, empty, swept, garnished, it literally means like a house moved out of. Amen. Then he's not only going to come back, but what did it say? He's going to go out and find seven of his friends that are more evil than himself. He's not going to move back in alone. And the Bible says the end result, the end state of that person is far worse than at the beginning. So don't, I've had so many people come over the years and get set free by the power of God. And they go, they never do anything. We we create discipleship classes, they're too busy to come. We even just, you know, in our regular services, they never uh, lay down the church habit they never begin to have a walk with God on their own. They never study the Word. They never wait on God. They never worship God. They never get filled with the Holy Ghost. They never they never mature. And so often, it's exactly what the Bible says. When you hear something about them, it's far worse than it was before they got delivered. Amen? Praise God. When you get free, you've got something to do to stay free. When you get healed... You're, the devil's going to try to steal your healing. Amen? You know, you take Brother Jerry's case, you could see that he was so humble and honest, and I appreciate that about uh, him getting set free. Praise God. Amen. That's what God wants to do. It doesn't matter what our thing is. We, he wants us free. And he can make us free, praise God. And God made him free that day. Well, he began, right... To not—you just heard him. I, I heard Dad say, "I got in that truck, that new truck, and he's got praise and worship in there, and uh, he's got the stuff." And I never got in my my son's vehicle before. See, he's changed. I said, "He's changed. He's not doing. He's not doing what he used to do that led to him being bound. He's got it. You got to change it up now. You, you got to press on." Otherwise, the devil's going to come back and he is going to haunt your house. He is going to trouble your life with frequent visits. Amen. Preaching good. Amen. Glory to God. You know, um, in Matthew chapter 8 verse 16, you might just write down the reference. We don't have time to turn to it. It says about Jesus that multitudes came to him. That multitudes were brought to Him. And it says that many that were vexed with unclean spirits were set free. He cast them out with His Word. It did not say that a few had, had needed deliverance from demonic influence. It says it was many, many. So, people, you know, are afraid of this subject in church. Most, a lot of churches would not touch this subject with a 10 foot pole. They would not. They would be so concerned about freaking the people out. Amen. I'm not endeavoring to freak you out. I'm endeavoring to pull the curtain back to help you see this is not all there is. That there's an adversary. And there's an enemy to contend with. We don't need to be afraid of them at all. Because Jesus took care of them. And the Bible tells us what we need to do as Christian to keep every one of those demonic powers, including the captain of their you know, their mess, the devil himself, right under our feet. Right under our feet. But you have to know some things. And you have to do some things. So, you know, needing, if you really study the earthly ministry of Jesus, you'll find out one-third of His ministry was getting people free from demonic power. It was not this rare thing. Now, not every instance was like some of the things you read in the Bible, like the madmen of Gadara. You remember the madmen of Gadara in Mark chapter 5? I mean, he lived in the cemetery. He lived without, he would tear his clothes off. They would try to chain him. Yeah. He would cut himself with stones. And you know that's a thing. That's a, that's a big thing in society today. People, you know that's demonically inspired. It's demonically inspired. Don't do that to yourself. That's a devil. That's a demon. Urging you to do that. To harm yourself. It's not just you. It's not just mental problems. And you know if you watch any TV. Isn't it frustrating? Every you know, single commercial is about antidepressants. And that's the world's answer for demonic problems. It's to throw medication at it. That's not the answer. Amen? The answer is to get born again. And then the answer is to get in the Bible and find out who you are and how to defend yourself from the onslaught of the enemy that we face in day-to-day life. So we've got to get away from this idea that anything demonic or to talk about the devil and his activity, his existence in that unseen realm is, you know, uh, of the macabre and the strange. No, no, no. The, it's very biblical. Now, we don't want to get in the ditch either. I'm not sniffing out demons at Dillard's, you know. I'm just shopping. And not everybody that's rude to me needs to have a devil cast out. I'm not hunting devils. Amen. But if I come across one, I know what to do. Amen. And I found out I don't have to fast 25 days to get the devil to leave in Jesus' name. If my life is submitted to God, and if I resist the devil, he's got to go. James 4, 7 tells us, submit your life to God... Resist the devil and he will flee. He didn't say he'll flee after fasting 25 days. I'm not against fasting. I'm just telling you, if your life is submitted to God, that's step number one. Number two, if you resist the devil, use the name of Jesus, he has to go. And I'm happy to help you ministers. God has put ministers in the body of Christ to help you. Amen. But if you recognize yourself, there's a there's a evil power that's haunting my soul or oppressing my body, you don't need me to come and exercise it. Just submit your life to God and then say, I renounce every demonic power that might be endeavoring to oppress my body, haunt my soul, influence my life. You cease and desist in all your maneuvers against me. Go in Jesus' name and it will go. It will go. Parents, you need to teach your young children about what goes bump in the night. And don't let them be afraid of the boogeyman. And Dr. Summerall, he said, if someone told me there's a, there's a boogeyman under the, behind the closet door, he'd go over there and kick it open. Amen. We don't back off. We, we understand from the Bible that we have dominion in Jesus' name. The disciples went out by assignment. That's what you read about in Luke chapter 10. He commissioned them, gave them authority, gave them power. They went out on a missionary journey. They came back and they came back excited. They didn't come back beat up. They didn't come back and say, you know, a a demon vomited on my shoes. You know, no, no, no. they, They came back rejoicing. The Bible says they came back rejoicing, saying, Master, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And they're still subject to us in the name of Jesus. Now, I wouldn't try to confront demonic powers if your life is not submitted to God. Because if you're acting rebellious, you're acting like the devil, and you can't cast out your friends. If you like drinking, you can't cast out your friends. You have to make yourself the enemy of the enemy. Some people, they renounce the work of the devil over here, but they're making deals with him in another room over here. And that don't work. The o- Christian, to be a Christian, the only way is all the way. You can't have one foot. I want to be just spiritual enough. To miss hell. But I want to party and buddy up with the devil while I'm down here on the earth. That won't work. The only way is all the way. Y'all understand that? The only way is all the way. You'll fail every other, every other thing. So, uh, there are two great areas. I'll just have to mention them to you. There are two great areas in your life that the devil will haunt. He will haunt your house if you let Him. Now, spiritually, He's lost you. He's lost you. The Holy Ghost is living in your spirit. Praise God. Thank God for that. But what about your mind? What about your mind? So, the devil knows he's lost you spiritually. But if he could keep you undeveloped spiritually, he could keep you a baby spirit spiritually. And if you stay carnal... You know what that means? A carnal Christian is somebody that's saved, but they're still ruled by their flesh and their feelings and their carnal, worldly mind. And they still yield too often to the physical appetites of their flesh. And that is an open door for the devil and demons to come in and do what they do. So what do you have to do? Well, quickly, number one, Once you are born again, the urgent task before you is to renew your mind. What does it mean? Change your thinking. You have to change the way you think. I like the way I think. Stop that. Take it from me. You brought a worldly, sin-run, devilishly programmed mind into the kingdom with you when you got born again. And that mind didn't change because your name got written in God's Lamb's book of life. And it is your job, not God's. For you to change the way you think. We're about to close, but I would like you to say this out loud. I need need to change change the way way I think. think. Change it into what? You need to change the way you think to think like God thinks. How does God think? This is a written collection of God's thoughts. Do you know there's verses in here that tell you what to think? Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, whatsoever things are praiseworthy, are honorable, if they have any virtue. Think on these things. Amen. The Bible also tells you what to do with every wrong thought. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says, Taking thoughts captive. Every thought, every reasoning, every imagination that comes that does not harmonize with this book is to be, in the Greek, it says arrested. It is to be arrested handcuffed and led off to prison. So what does that look like? When a when a when the thought comes, I don't care how holy you are, my mind gets tempted to do gross things, ugly things, sinful things. And then my flesh goes, yeah, that sounds good. You pastor? Hello? Yes! Because the devil assaults my mind just like he assaults yours. The devil brings thoughts and feelings and suggestions to my life just like he does yours. He baits me every day just like he tries to bait you. We're all in this thing together, my friends. Are you with me? And... uh, And so, you know, the thought comes, hey, she looks good. I don't see a ring. What's that matter? You got a ring on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right? So, when a wrong thought comes, what he's telling us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 to do is recognize that's a wrong thought. And then you may have to excuse yourself. And you may have to say under your breath, I take that thought captive. No, you don't, devil. No, Chris, you don't think like that. That is an ugly thought. That doesn't line up with the Word. That, that, that creature is made in the likeness and image of God. The Bible says, let your eyes look right on. I'm in a covenant. I'm happily married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I cast this thought down to the obedience of my Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you do. Pastor, With every wrong, with every wrong thought that comes... And you say, Pastor, that's all I'll be doing all day. Welcome to the club, everybody. Welcome, welcome to the club. Welcome, welcome to the club. This is what victorious Christians do. Now, there'll be areas of our life, while we're really changing... And the stronger that hold, that pattern of thought has been, we'll have a more intense battle with that for a while. But as we feed on the Word, as we fellowship with the Word, as we put the Word in our eyes, in our ears, we come to church, we speak it, we think it. We, we pick a scripture. And all day, this is my scripture. This is just my scripture. I'm going to keep my mind occupied with this scripture. And, and you might just, whatever, holy, 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 the angels cry out, holy, holy, holy. And that's just your scripture all day. Right? Or, or, and especially, pick one in an area that you're struggling with. Yeah. Right? Oh, financial. Oh, oh, you're never going to make it. My God supplies all my needs yes. according to His riches and glory. And that's the way you've got to think. Yeah. Amen. That right. yeah. anything, any thought that comes to you that's negative, yeah. demeaning, yeah. fear-filled, doubt-filled, guilt, shame, yeah. condemnation, these are of the devil. God is not bringing to you a condemning thought. He is the one who died to justify you. He will never put you down. He will convict you of wrongdoing. He sure will. But He never brings condemnation. And even with the strongest of God's correction, there's hope. There's love. And there's a hand of His mercy extended. And if that's not what's coming to you, it's the devil just know it's the devil and you're to resist it but i just can't tell you you have got to do the work this is not this is no one can do this work for you only you and if you don't want to have a haunted house in your mind a mind that's actually open where the enemy a demonic spirit could actually come in and begin to oppress your mind and then you can go from oppression to obsession. Now I am obsessed with a particular thought. And you just keep going through those levels. You'll go all the way up to the brink of possession and you will need outside divine spiritual help to get free. You don't have to be depressed, sweetie. Just because everybody, it seems like on on television is depressed. Depression comes from wrong thinking. That's where all your emotions come from. You generated those thoughts, those emotions, by how you think. So the key is to think different. We just don't have time, I wish we did, to go further in that, but the battlefield of Satan's choosing is your mind. And you have to guard your mind. You have to defend your mind. You have to have someone at the doorpost of your mind all the time. Or the devil will come in. The other one quickly is your body. Your body. The Bible tells us explicitly what we're to do with our mind. Get it renewed on the Word. And that's a process. You're not going to get there overnight. I didn't. Nobody has. Nobody you respect. Not Dr. Hattaball. Not Pastor Nancy. Not Dr. Defrain, Not any of the heroes of the Christian life got their minds renewed like they are today. Amen. Overnight. So you're not going to be spiritual superwoman tomorrow if you just started today. But you have to start. Well, the other thing is your body. And He says what to do with your body. The Bible tells us He wants you to present your body to Him a living sacrifice. So you're supposed to consciously take your body. I'll often do this. It's not every day, but I'll often say, Father, I present you my body today as a living sacrifice. And I, with your help, I'll glorify you in my body today. I won't take it to places you don't like going. I won't put things in it that would harm it. I won't use my eyes to look at things, people, pictures, that I should not. Amen. My body is, and I give you my body. I am yours to command. Amen. And that's what He said He wants from you, is a body presented to Him, given to Him as a living sacrifice. Then the Bible tells us that we are to mortify or crucify the deeds of the flesh. You have to make your body not do evil things. And you will always have to in this life. And the stronger you get spiritually and the more your mind becomes renewed, the easier it is to dominate your flesh. Right? But if you let your body, young people, you let your body do whatever it wants, your body will ruin your life. Your body will ruin your life. Amen. I mean, there's diseases out there, girls and guys, one occurrence, one encounter with that disease, and you're done. You're, not, you're never going to have kids apart from a divine healing. Thank God there's, that's available. So if you let your body do whatever it wants to do, you wouldn't be at church this morning, would you? Most of us wouldn't. Now with minds renewed and a spirit that's strong, we want to be here. Body, you're coming. You know, whatever. So you have to do that. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 that even the great apostle Paul, he said, I keep my body under I keep it in subjection to my spirit. So, isn't that interesting? It, you're not the body. Paul right. said, "I keep my body. I keep it in subjection." Who's the I? That that born again man on the inside. That's the real you. The spirit man on the inside is the I, right. and the it is your body. And it's your job, it's my job, to keep my body subject to my born-again spirit and to my renewed mind. And so a mind renewed, closing here, my, my, a mind renewed and a body put down and harnessed is a life defended against demons and evil spirits. But the unrenewed mind, right, and the, bo- the unbridled body is an open door and an invitation for the devil to come in and take advantage of even Christians who have, in Jesus' name, absolute dominion. Absolute dominion over the devil. Amen? Don't let the devil haunt your house. Right? When he comes to pay a visit, turn your porch light off, right? Just let him know I'm, I'm not playing. No, no vacancy here. We full. We full. We full of God. We we full of prayer. We we full of the Holy Ghost. We're full of the Word of God. Make those demons afraid of you. They just pass you by most of the time. Like man, the last time I tried that, I got beat up, and those demons will go on some other place. And that's that's wonderful. When you mature spiritually, it gets easier. The more mature you, the more you grow in your Christian life, the easier these things become. Amen. Amen. Well, bow your head with me today.